Hello, I'm Eddie Farah, founding partner of Farah & Farah, a personal injury firm in Florida and Georgia. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by Farah & Farah. It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com and our main sponsors, Farah and Farah, personal injury lawyers. Again, go to FarahandFarah.com. Come. Let's do something. Let's stop talking about maybe a lot of these uh, election lawsuits and things going on right now. Um, there was a big thing that happened this past week in the U.S. House of Representatives passed a major marijuana decriminalizing marijuana bill. Here's the latest. Uh, let's see. If we got the clips all ready to go. Cage Jackson. The House has passed a historic bill aimed at decriminalizing marijuana. The Moore Act would remove weed from the federal government's list of controlled substances and put a federal tax on it where it's already legal. Those funds would go to communities with a history of high marijuana arrests. It also removes some criminal records. All right, with us, Jamie Miller, former executive director of the Republican Party of Florida, one of the best political and media analysts out there, along with another one of the top and best media and political analysts out there, Steve Ancor with Vancor Jones Communications. I want to get into one more clip. I want to break this down because this translates into Florida, what's about ready to take place again. Here is a couple of more of the stories out there on what this decriminalization of marijuana took place from the U.S. House. Here it is. For the first time on a bill to legalize marijuana at the federal level. Advocates are calling the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, or MORE Act, the most sweeping marijuana reform bill yet. The MORE Act removes marijuana from the list of federally controlled illegal substances and expunges criminal records of those with marijuana-related federal convictions. It establishes a federal tax on legal weed sales that will fund grant programs to reinvest in communities impacted by high arrest rates and prison time for marijuana offenses. All right, let's start with you here first, Steve Ancourt. Um, Here we go. This is something that didn't seem to get enough um, enough move from the judges to get it on a, a constitutional amendment ballot for 2020. Uh, of course, you know, medical marijuana passed uh, astoundingly. I wasn't surprised, but a good chunk of people supported it back in 2016. This is going to come up in 2022. Now, you heard the ad. That was a na- nation Wide. That was a national bill put out there by the U.S. House of Representatives. Whether or not it passes the U.S. Senate is a different question. This is happening in the states. This is coming back to Florida. Where are we at this momentum for these groups out there? Is this going to be on the ballot in 2022? Well, we first have to observe that you wanted to get away from talking about counting ballots. That's more controversial than talking about marijuana. Yes, that's the world we live in right now, right? So there's a group that's trying again to get it on the ballot. They failed not because of the failure of the court. They failed because they got in too late and they didn't get enough signatures. Well, those signatures get grandfathered in. They're still alive. They have registered and on file with the state 555,000. The headline in Gannett was ballot measure headed, you know, recreational marijuana headed to the ballot. I'm saying not so fast. Let me tell you why. Two things. One, they probably need to gather up another half a million because the threshold has grown from 766 to about 850 now. So they got to get a whole bunch more. They probably need to get about 500,000. The cost of doing so will probably be in the three, four, five million dollar range. The other problem they have, Ed, is 
They started gathering their signatures in September. They start expiring coming this September. So if they don't get their signatures done by July, and I can explain why, because it's a two-month uh, uh, breathe period for the supervisors to, to um, validate those signatures. If they don't get them on the ballot, those signatures they have in the can start expiring. They've got to get 850,000 certified by the end of August. That's high, high thing. All to right. Do. Let me let me get Jamie. I want to get back to Jamie Miller. Let's talk about the PR behind this. Is Florida ready for full blown? This is this is not adding this a little right, extra yeah. to Jimmy. Get to Jamie Miller. Not a little extra to medical. This is full blown recreational marijuana. 2022. Jamie, are Floridians ready for this? Well, I don't know that it's going to have the same uh, intended effect on. Uh, voter turnout as the previous uh, medical marijuana uh, amendment. You know, for for the most part, medical mar- medical uh, marijuana is pretty pretty low bar threshold to receive your medical card to go to a to a medical dispensary and get it. Um, yeah, there will be some folks who want it uh, recreational. I think um, you know the decriminalization of um, of marijuana would probably have a higher likely of uh, being a turnout uh, mechanism than just recreational turn recreational marijuana. I believe with I believe with Steve, you know, the mechanics of getting this done. But if 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 uh, people decide to fund it to the tune of five million dollars, I think they end up getting their signatures by the time necessary to get a ballot question heard by the state supreme court. Uh, I agree with him that a certain number of those signatures may um, fall by the wayside. But if they're investing four or five million dollars, my expectation is that they'll get enough uh, to at least have it heard and go through the process. All right. Steve, let me That's ask right. you a two-part question. First off, this is could be you know as you know, Senator Jeff Brandis is one of the sponsors behind this. You said this on my morning show. Um, it, there's going to be certain areas of how you look at some of the decriminalization if this starts going through in the legislature coming up in March through uh, May of 2021. Here's the other question: Democrats are behind this. Are Republicans going to get behind this here, Steve? Well, if, if you try the legislature or the public. The legislature, uh, not the public. The legislature, probably not in the House. The House has been very reluctant to even implement the the constitutional provision passed in medical marijuana. They're much more conservative when it comes to, um, uh, I don't mean politically conservative, just reserved on on allowing an expansion of marijuana. In fact, they're moving in the opposite direction. They're looking at a bill to cap THC limits. Uh, in products, which is a, a bad idea we've talked about before. So I don't I don't see that happening. Jeff Brandis is is kind of an outlier. He's a libertarian in the Senate, really good guy. And, and his point is completely different. I don't think the House. OK, go but Steve, Steve, I asked Jamie the question. I'll ask you, are voters ready in support 60 60 percent for full blown recreational marijuana in 2022? What do you think? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. The standard, the bar is not a majority. Now, five states have passed recreational marijuana in the 2020 ballot. It was a clean sweep, but only one of them got above the 60 percent threshold. Florida's electorate is going to be more Republican than it's ever been. Uh, we were saw a plus two Republican model in the presidential election. It's probably going to be plus four more percentage points, Republicans and Democrats in an off-year election with Joe Biden in the White House. I don't see it. I don't see it getting above 60 percent to go full wreck. Oh, man. Jamie, is this one of these arguments that Steve says, okay, maybe not in 2022? Is it inevitable within the next, between now, maybe in 2026, Jamie, that something like full-blown recreational marijuana will pass a constitutional measure in the state of Florida? 
Well, I don't know that it'll pass the constitutional measure. I, I wish there was something I could argue with Steve about, but he, uh, <laughs> his comments are, are, I think, right on point. Um, you know, there's, there is a level of people who support medical marijuana who don't support recreational. There is a little bit of a difference in uh, some things that could happen in the state house. I don't think they um, really bite on this one. But, you know, there is uh, a generational difference of what we have seen in the past with, with things like medical marijuana and with uh, really kind of a young guns crowd in the state house. While they're very conservative, they are younger. And so, the, you know, that conservatism means a little bit of a different thing. I think on, on full-blown recreational marijuana, um, I don't think they're ready to take that step, but we could see them take you know, what we'd be seeing a little bit more moderate take on some things. Um, you know, I don't think it goes to decriminalization. I know Jeff Brandis wants to have uh, some sort of uh, justice reform. Those types of a uh, little bit of a more moderate uh, leaning type of thing could pass uh, the state house. Okay, so let's get, let's, all of us work in media. And let me throw something out there that's, again, you know, I'm not saying you have to support putting and supporting full-blown recreational marijuana. I certainly wasn't a big fan of the medical marijuana amendment too, just because more people on it right now are PTSD, not those on terminal illness out there. Just kind of interesting, but that's okay. When it comes to the recreational marijuana, we have seen hundreds of millions and maybe in a couple of billions. Who knows what our, our state economy, uh, economic directors and the uh, state uh, numbers may show how much we may be in the South because of COVID and the outbreaks and things like that. So we've got to make up that loss of revenue. Most cities are doing it through raising taxes, sales tax, property taxes, whatever here, Steve. If we're coming around and we haven't really recovered in 2022, the proponents of medical, excuse me, proponents of recreational marijuana say, let's regulate it. Let's tax it. It sounds good. We could use the revenue for schools. It's amazing. Don't do drugs in schools, but we're going to finance it with drugs. Get it, go get that one. Is it possible that this may sell as a benefit to sit back and say, Steve and Jamie, Steve, I'll start with you. We're not going to raise your taxes. We can do it. We can regulate it. And more money will come into the coffers. Could that sell? No. Why? <laughs> well, quite simply, if you're asking somebody to say, hey, let's do something amoral, and that's where they're coming from. I think Speaker Sprouls would be very much opposed to doing this for moral reasons to say, hey, Speaker, let's do something amoral to expand the role of government and to pay for government, that's not a sale to a traditional conservative. I would, I would put- no, no, Steve, I'm not talking about the state legislature. I'm talking about selling it as a conservative amendment by proponents of marijuana. They can come back and say, hey, think of all the amount of money we could raise. Some people will buy into that, Steve. No, they, they, they're not going to buy on it. And I think I said this this morning because of one word also, which is lottery. The promise that, hey, let's do something you don't agree with so that we can fund government that you really don't understand- the voters still smart from the promise of the lottery was going to somehow repair our schools. They still see billboards up there that say three billion towards education and they don't see improved schools. The public is not going to buy. Let's have legal weed as a way to fund government. Now, there's other pathways there, Ed. Let me give you one example. Right now, state attorneys in the state of Florida are not arresting people for less than 20 grams. You could talk about reducing the size of government, reducing the number of people sitting in jails for selling marijuana, small dosages of marijuana. I think that's something that could be very popular. And I think that's something that might actually stand a chance of passing in the legislature. Not full-blown direct. Not full-blown uh, recreational, not full-blown decrim, but for those small dosages that are already nobody's arresting over uh, because of the hemp laws, uh, I think something like that 
uh, is, is a modest approach that could possibly pass either with the voters and or the legislature. On the other side, I want to start off with you, Jamie. On the other side of the break, I want to talk a little uh, lightly, a little bit of election aftermath. And do the Democrats have a pathway to win Florida in 2022? We'll do more of this coming up on the other side of the break. Florida Daily TV uh, brought to you by Farah and Farah, your personal injury attorneys, farahandfarah.com. More on the other side. When we come to work in the morning, we don't think about all the money we've won against big tobacco, big pharma, or the insurance industry. That's in the past. Life faces forward, and so do we. It's been said, to live in the past is to die in the present. What really matters is what we can do for you and your family right now, right this second. So call us, Farah and Farah, here for you, here for good. Welcome back to another edition of Florida Daily TV, floridadaily.com. For all your news and information, floridadaily.com. Of course, this is brought to you by Farah and Farah, your personal injury attorneys. Go look and check them out statewide, farahandfarah.com. Steve Vancor, media analyst, Vancor Jones Communications, Jamie Miller, state director for one of the other big outfits, people who think.com. I think we could do one for people who don't think.com. Jamie, uh, we had a big article that came out in Florida Daily this week. I was, after about a certain analysis, you know, kind of let the lawsuits kind of tone down. We did a big uh, story on that Democrats are still in denial of some of their losses out there. For example, defund the police. Some of the other ones, like former Sean Shaw, former Lieutenant uh, General, uh, Lieutenant Governor, now, excuse me, Attorney General candidate in 2018 on the Democratic side says, well, the, one of the main reasons why Democrats lost was because of all the people leaving the Midwest and states like New York moving to Florida because it's less taxes. I, I Okay, I, I'll throw that one in. There's a small bone. Have Democrats realized that either, either they didn't show up at the polls, Jamie, or they just couldn't get their message across, and are they in denial? What message that they lost on? Well, I think they, I think they lost on a couple of things, but one certainly was that uh, they felt like they had a cookie cutter message to their base, and that just simply doesn't work in a state diverse as Florida. You know, when you have, um, you know, Miami Dade County, I think is probably what we want to look at the closest, and they're and they have items like defund the police and. For the most part, even if you're a Democrat in in, in bright red Sarasota County where I live, um, you know you probably support defunding the police. And so, but in Miami Dade County, people who would generally vote Democratic, they you know who are who are uh, first, second, th- maybe even third generation Americans, um, they've they've lived or they've had a parent or grandparent who have fled communism. And they know one of the first things that happens is there's this chaos chaos that happens. There's a lack of uh, there's a lack of independent policing, and it becomes a military issue, right? So so when these coups happen, the police go away, and the military steps in for law and order, and then you have then you have the dictators come in after that. They have seen this play out. And they and they're against it, and they show that they're against it, and they're going to continue to be against it as long as this becomes a a marching uh, cry for Democrats. You know, I was uh, we were talking about this in the aftermath. Both of you guys have been on my my morning show, and we were talking about that. If you're a Democrat, who do you dislike the most? Do you like do you dislike President Trump 
Steve Ancor or Ron DeSantis. And I'm thinking, okay, let me think like a Democrat. I probably just like, I'm not a Democrat, but let's say I, I it would be Trump. So DeSantis would be less disliked, which means if I'm a Democrat, looking at what the ramifications of the election results of last month, I'm sitting here, if I'm Nikki Fried or a few others going, you know, it might be safer. I think Nikki's public enemy number one, Democrat, you know, you got to always have somebody to go after. Oh, I'm thinking right. maybe do I run for re-election for, a, uh, for agriculture commissioner or if things may change, COVID cases, who knows? I mean, could... Could things change in the next year and a half for 2022? The Democrats may see a pathway for the governor's race and a few others uh, in the state of Florida. Steve, what do you think? Well, they may see a pathway because they're eternally optimistic, despite the fact that they repeatedly steal um, defeat from the jaws of victory. The uh, I do not see a pathway for a statewide Democrat to win for this very simple demographic reasons. Florida continues to be come more and more right-leaning. The Republicans out-register the Democrats and new registered voters by 130,000 since 2018. But in an off-year election, that always favors, has for the last four cycles, uh, Republicans, irrespective of who's in the White House. But when a Democrat's in the White House, it's, it's even way worse. Uh, so you take new voter registration, you take the off-year dynamics, it's going to be a real uphill slog for any Democrat to win statewide. And you're exactly right, Ed. This election, one of the failures, in addition, Jamie was exactly right about the Democrats' misunderstanding of socialism. They, they hear the word socialist. They thought it was just turning up the dial on liberal. It wasn't. It was cue to Hispanics, Venezuelans, Colombians, Brazilians who came over here. And when you heard defund the police, what they heard was, that's why my family came over here, because the first thing socialists do is they get rid of the local police, right? So the Democrats are in a really, really tough spot because of the demographic Let, let me interrupt. Jamie, yeah, let ahead. me give you one more that we did a story on a couple of weeks beforehand. Shutdowns. Donna Shalala. We play the clip. You've heard him. Donna Shalala came out over in August. One of the few Democrats came out and said, quote, not only do we need to shut down the economy in Florida, she said, quote, we need to shut it down again. And of course, the media never talked about this. People did not like these mandates and these government shutdowns, primarily in South Florida. I think that's another area where the media hasn't covered it that I think hurts some Democrats. It, it, it's a total misunderstanding of the electorate. You know, if you go to the mailbox for your paycheck, you know, if you're Social Security or you're um, a trust fund kid or whatever it is where you you don't have to leave your house to get your paycheck, you're probably for shutdowns. But if you have to go to work to get your paycheck and you have to go out every day, commute to work, show up to work and do the work, you know, you you need to go work. And so for Democrats to say, listen, we're going to shut this down and remove the ability for you to do your work. And and the fact that we have, um, you know, that we're going to we're seeing more and more small businesses, you know, minority owned businesses that are truly hurt by these shutdowns. Uh, you, I, the more you're going to have, and most people are employed by small businesses, you know, so uh, you're going to have more and more uh, pushback. And right. I think you're seeing Jamie, that right here in Florida. Jamie, let me throw with a few minutes left before I get back to Steve, let me throw another thing at you that we think about it. Sometimes it's a little bit too much inside baseball and sometimes the average voter, but there's another reason why Trump won the state. Steve said it. Republicans outworked the Democrats. When they were doing through the COVID shutdowns, Democrats would make some phone calls, but Republicans were knocking on doors. Everybody thinks, well, if Trump won Florida, he should have won Arizona or Georgia. We talked to some of the Trump people off the record. You guys who know who these people are, phenomenal in Florida. It's kind of like you got the map. 
hey, this is where this is where we need to go. They worked Florida, Jamie. They did not work Georgia that well. Now you can we can on another discussion talk about whether or not they should have lowered the areas of how they looked at ballot signatures. I'm I'm all for that discussion. But Florida was harder harder worked by Republicans and the Trump crowd in Florida than it was in other states. That's another area why Trump and the Republicans did quite well. Well, and we've worked and we've worked 20 years. All of that is true. And and we've worked 20 years to try to make sure that we have fair, safe, and accurate elections. And so a lot of the things that happen in these other states, you know, I've you know, I've always said that election fraud is the one place where uh, if you're caught committing the crime, there's no crime. But if you get away with it, there's no evidence. Because once an illegal ballot is cast, it is now a legal vote. And so once that vote is in the pile of legal votes, you're not going to overturn it. And so I think that's kind of uh, one of the things that we've done in Florida is just we put enough mechanisms in place so that you can have a fair mail-in ballot uh, without, you know, things like uh, the ballot being forwarded to out-of-state addresses. That doesn't happen in Florida. In all these other states, things like that can happen. Well, Steve, I'm going to give you the last door on this. Um, you you guys travel throughout the state. You look at election analysis. Some people are still in the, the Trumpers are in denial that there's no way they could have lost those Democratic run swing states. I, again, we look back at four years ago, going, we're surprised you won those states. And but Democrats, uh, I mean, maybe they think that it was just a bad year. We threw in a third party candidate to beat Javier Rodriguez. Uh, a little party politics. It'll justify that we can win in 2022. Yeah, it, 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 here's one other aspect we haven't talked about. I think the Republicans abrogated their responsibility by not passing a platform, just saying we're in with that guy. But the Democrats equally did the wrong thing by simply saying we have become the party of not Donald Trump. And when you have down ballot races and, and a degree of separation, voters voted. Florida voters tend to be right of center. Republicans won across the board because they weren't Donald Trump. And as much as the Democrats tried to tie every local race to Donald Trump, they failed. And well, voters Good point. Came out, Democrats came out and voted against Donald Trump, of course. Trump made huge gains in Miami-Dade among Latinos, mostly South American, uh, third, fourth generation Latinos. And he made pretty good progress. He uh, doubled some of his vote tallies in black precincts across the state. Not big numbers from three to six. Correct. Kind of percentages, but those gains translated to 200,000 vote I I want to do a show either in the next few days or so. And we got to write up all of these conspiracy myths for example, how is it that uh, Joe Biden gets 100,000 more votes than John Ossoff in Georgia? And But I always ask the question, well, then how did David Perdue end up winning? He got the same amount of votes as Donald Trump. I mean, there are what's, what you guys are talking about. I knew 2018 where Ron DeSantis lost counties by five points and Ashley Moody, who is no liberal, won them by seven to eight points. It happens. All right. Steve Ancor, thank you for making the time. I got to get Steve booked for like two weeks in advance, man. What's up with your agent, Steve Ancor, Vancor <laughs> Jones Communications, Jamie Miller. You know, as Jamie said, the last 20 years, because if he would have said the last 10 years, that means he wouldn't have been included. So that's why he had to get those 20 years when he ran everything. So, Jamie, some of us still think you run everything if you get what I'm saying, considered who's chairman now. So anyway, you like that one. Jamie Miller, both of you, thank you so much for coming on. Another edition of Florida Daily TV for all of you news. Go to floridadaily.com, floridadaily.com, Florida Daily TV brought to you by Farah and Farah, personal injury attorneys. Go to farahandfarah.com. We'll see you next time right here on floridadaily.com. This episode of Florida Daily was brought to you by Farah and Farah.
Don't let an accident wreck your life. Our legal experts are ready to fight for the justice and compensation you deserve. Call Farah and Farah. 